Hi, I'm James Schilling. I'm here with a familiar face if you've been watching us. It's Jeff Anderson, who is co-president of Avoya Travel. Now, Avoya Travel last December held its annual conference and virtually, uh, and we missed that one, unfortunately, and we didn't get a chance to talk to Jeff about that. So here we are, you know, at the beginning of this year, and we wanted to get an update about what's going on. And there actually is a whole lot going on with Avoya Travel, and we're going to get into it, and you'll find out about all that and more on Insider Travel Report. Now, first of all, Jeff, how are you and where are you? You got your beautiful office in the background there. That's great. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm doing well. I, uh, I'm here in San Diego, California, uh, remotely today. And uh, listen, everything's good. In fact, uh, things have been, have been so good. I kind of pinch myself. Of course, we're in another speed bump right now with COVID. Right. We're going to get past it. There'll probably be more. We'll get past those too. And so it's exciting to, to sit here today. Can't believe that it's already a month into January. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's exciting uh, to know that the, the best is yet to come. And, yeah, and I, I will share, yeah. I, got, I got a title upgrade. Uh, somebody decided that I should be co-CEO. And oh, so, I'm sorry. Pretty, I misidentified you. So now you're co-CEO. I know. Would, would, you like the be, world? would you like to be chairman? I can try to, you know, change that. Yeah. Can, what else? What else can we add? Well, well, <laughs> you decide. It's it's more responsibility. I've got, sometimes you seek out those responsibility. It comes back to bite you. So I don't know if you want That's to have true. all those titles. So That's true. congratulations, CEO. Thank you. That's fantastic. Thank you. So now you, it's a you and Mike are co-CEOs, right? Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, we will now be co-CEO from now on. Now, we <laughs> missed chatting with you, as I mentioned, uh, right after your annual conference, which was held virtually last December. Give us a status report on Avoya Travel. Uh, roughly how many travel agency affiliates do you have in a you know, given ballpark? Uh, uh, and you know, what's, what's the health of those folks? Yeah, so the, the numbers are bouncing back. It's, it's really exciting to kind of see. Of course, it's been such a tough couple of years that and a lot of people remember like oh it was it was march for a lot of industries that covid hit in 2020 mm -hmm. on in the travel side of the thing uh this was happening in january so it's been a, a full two years for all of us right and it it hurt um we definitely had some attrition right. with our independent agency network the the good news is that we're actually starting to see an, quite a few of them that left us now coming back to us. That's great. They're, they're watching the industry. They're excited to get to, to get going again. And then the other the other reality here um, is that of our of our top producers, um, of which we've got a lot of them. We're, we've been very very fortunate. But those who are producing over a million dollars a year in in sales, and there's over a hundred of them, uh, we kept uh, oh, statistically percentage wise over ninety eight percent of them. That's uh, there, there was a, a retirement in there, a merge, and, uh, and one IA decided to, to leave and try something else. Okay. But that's kind of a mind-blowing number uh, when you think about that high of a retention rate. So we feel, we feel very strong. And for those who were able to stay around, um, for those who, who decided to move on and go elsewhere uh, to other industries, they left customer bases behind. And so the people that were able to stick around were able to kind of inherit uh, those customer bases. And so we've been, we've been fortunate to, to have a healthy balance 
Um, we've got over a thousand independent agencies and uh, that number continues to grow and it's growing at the fastest rate uh, that we've seen certainly since the pandemic began. That's fantastic. Now let's go back and talk about how were sales in 21. Um, did you see, a, and also did you see a fundamental shift to more land sales compared to cruise sales in 21? Yeah, so let's just keep in mind, right? Ships weren't really operating for the first five months of the year. right? And so, but even if we factor that out, um, we definitely saw growth in the land business and it was, it was pretty staggering. Uh, there were certain destinations where we were up two or 300%. Um, and those were already off of pretty large numbers. And so what we, what we noticed is lots of past passengers coming back to us who couldn't take the cruise that they wanted to. And so they flew elsewhere, mm -hmm. uh, down to the Caribbean, over to Hawaii, uh, down to Mexico. Europe was still a little bit challenging to get to last year, but that has certainly come back also. Uh, and so land's, land's definitely a bigger part of the portfolio than it was previously. And I would say some of that is just the nature of uh, the industry. And that's a, that's a good portion of it. But we're also much more intentional about growing our land business uh, as well, which is you know, certainly a strategic goal that we've got as an organization. Now, what is the outlook for 22 for that one? We feel pretty good. I mean, look, we're, we're in the middle of Omicron, which is just, it's not good, right? Ships are canceling again, and we're still very cruise, cruise focused. But I think that in the next 30 days or so, we're going to be pretty good. So we'll watch this interview again. We can, we can watch it in a few weeks and see whether or not Jeff was right. But I still feel pretty good that by mid-late February, we're going to be we're going to be in really good shape. Cancellations will um, will wind down. Uh, case levels will wind down. The CDC certainly has a lot of confidence uh, in the cruise industry in order to stop the conditional sale order on January 15th. So that was a huge vote of confidence. About that was interesting, though, as we have to say, because they did that, but at the same time, they they cruising high risk. So it's kind of <laughs> two contradictory things. I never quite understand, but uh, no, no one ever said the CDC was logical. So we'll see. You know, I've, I've never looked at the whole list of, of risky things that the CDC um, has identified, but I'm guessing that I'm doing quite a few of them. It's almost every country uh, is high yeah. risk, by the way. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's okay. We listen, we're all learning to adapt to the risks that are required to um, enjoy the lifestyle that we all want. And I think that that hurdle has changed dramatically over the course of the last 24 months, and it'll continue to do so. Um, and so we're pretty, we're pretty ambitious. We think that by mid, uh, the midpoint of the year that we'll be pretty much back to where we were um, prior to COVID. Um, and so we expect that to kind of happen in early Q3. And then just from that point out, we think things are going to be incredible. There's so much pent up demand. Right. We know that the World Health Organization just, just announced recently that they're suggesting ending all of these uh, travel bans. Right. And listen, this is, this is great news for all of us. Uh, we've got an election coming up in the fall. Most uh, people who want to get reelected probably would like to see COVID go away. Right. Uh, most people in the medical industry would like to see it going away. They've all been trying, but I think that we're, I think we're at that point. And so we've got tremendous excitement about what remains for us in 2022 and, um, and even better in 23 and beyond. Yeah. And plus we have all these destinations suddenly opening up again and, you know, protocols are changing and it's a lot easier to get in as long as you're vaccinated and, 
you know, in tested, but forget about quarantines. We don't have to worry about those anymore. So that's all good news. Now, let, let's go to a, a really big question because another little news you had last year is that you decided to sell a stake uh, in Avoya to Sertaris, which is the large investment fund that is really travel focused. And we've been covering them for a while. I had an interview last year with Greg O'Hara, their, their head. Uh, and you did this last November. How, how did that deal come about? So, you know, we've been a family business for, for three generations. Right. Is, and so we're kind of a, a travel family. Um, but you're always trying to think about what succession looks like. And as we've been looking for succession plans between generation two, um, which is my father and my uncle, and generation three, um, which I fit into, you know, you've got you've to find creative ways in, in, in order to get there. And what we found in a, in a partner like Sertares was people who deeply believed in our business model. They happened to like us and our people. Um, and so we just kind of found this, this great fit. They've got, they've got big vision. We've got big vision. Um, they have something that is in short supply during COVID, which is money. Uh, and so we were able to partner up with them. We were able to, uh, to help um, some of the other Anderson members exit uh, the business. And, and that's just, it's exciting for everybody, but it's, it really comes together. And, and you know, sometimes you, you plan this out when things are really good. And, and other times out of, out of all of this chaos that's been occurring with COVID, sometimes, and I think we've all felt it, there's like these little silver linings and these little glimpses of hope. And we just happened to find one um, simultaneously with Colin Farmer um, and uh, Colin Farmer at Sertara's. And we just kept like cracking open the door. We're like, oh, this is, this is going to be good. So that's, uh, that's how it happened. Well, I do know that your, your uncle uh, Van is, is now no longer with the business, which, you know, knowing Van, that's probably fine because he's off, off uh, drinking some wine and having a good time and enjoying his right. retirement. And I think your Brad, your father, Brad is still around, but he's also has been since you and Mike, your brother uh, took over, he's been probably stepping back. So uh, it's a good thing for both of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then um, it's a good opportunity for him to retire. Brad is moving his way that direction, uh, but is operating as a, as a, a senior advisor to us. And uh, so it's been, it's been good. Yeah, so you don't you start to see him lurking in the halls sometimes because he's you know he's he's got nothing better to do. Is that... He you know there may there may be a few too many phone calls, uh, <laughs> uh, too few too many check ins. But yeah, well, uh, listen, he's he's my dad, so I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, and, no, he is um, a cool, cool guy. I know I've known him a long time, and he's great. And uh, but I can imagine as when he sees this, is yeah, well, I better maybe I'll better call him again just in case. Yeah, that's uh, a, it's a big it's a big it's a big transition. Right. Uh, and so we as an organization, um, we as people, when something like this happens, there's a lot of life to figure out and a lot of business to figure out. And it's been really enjoyable um, to have the privilege of continuing to work with my father. Yeah. Uh, and yet at the same time, we're we're departing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you were on that road anyway, but now with the Sertaris money, and actually, what do you expect to do with the, the, the money you're, you're getting from this investment? Uh, how will you how will they help you grow? And, yeah. and also, I assume you're still on track. Uh, the Avoya, you called it Avoya 2025 plan. We're almost there. Hard to believe. Um, you know, a lot closer. 
are you still are you proceeding on track with that plan and and maybe able to do a little quicker yeah so i'd always love to have the last two years back um and move it to avoid 2027 but that feels like cheating um and and i will tell you that's part of the motivation as to why partnering with sertara's um with Avoya going forward just makes so much sense. You know, uh, six years ago, 2015, I was in a really bad accident. Right. And when you go through something where you start to see your mortality, um, A, you learn a little bit more to stop and smell the roses, but B, you realize how, how little time you actually have. Right. And again, partnering with Sertaras allows us to, to strap on rocket boosters and move much quicker than we, than we could as a family on business. And so going forward, that extra, that extra uh, energy um, allows us to do really, really cool things. We'll be building out some, some amazing new technology. We've had a, a very sound base of technology for the last two decades. Uh, it gives us not only additional funding to expand um, that product set, but also kind of redefine the way that we're doing things. So we've got, you know, new customer experiences that we believe are, are critical um, and even more valuable now that people understand how much more valuable a travel advisor is today, you know, an advocate um, through these difficult travel experiences that some people have had. So we've got, we've got great tech. Um, we'll certainly see a lot more marketing um, mm. out there. We've got some really cool plans with the way that we've been uh, expanding our marketing resource center for right. our independent agencies. Um, and that's just taken on this vast expansion and it'll get uh, even bigger. And then of course, uh, we can build out an epic team. Right. You know, we've been very fortunate and very careful about who we hire, why we hire them and, and the chemistry fit that exists between all of us is, is mission critical. This lets us get even even better people, uh, and and I love my team, and I'd argue that they're like if they're not the best in the industry, they're tied. Okay, right. uh, they're extraordinarily good. So this lets us put put more money into our people um, and bring in a lot of new additional talent. And then the then the last piece, um, which is very new uh, for me anyway, it's standard fare over at Sertara's is we'll get really involved in the acquisition side of, of the industry. Hmm, and we know that there's a lot of really bright people out there who have built really smart businesses, some of whom are um, either ready to retire, some of whom are ready to partner up and, and look for other platforms that exist. And I think that what we've built at Avoya, uh, you know, the, the very nature of what we've designed here for the last 20 years is taking new businesses and stacking them on top right. of Avoya's platform over and over again. So we think that we've got a, a strategic advantage um, in how we would bring folks into um, our portfolio. So we're really excited about doing that as well. No, that's great. And you'll be part of that. And uh, But for now, you and Mike are kind of running the store as co-CEOs. And I assume there's a new board or something that you're going to have to report to. But they really are trusting you to proceed ahead with your development plans. Yeah. Like at times I'm like, wait, really? They trust us to like lead this operation? And then I say to myself, I'm like, what, what are they thinking of? You know? <laughs> yeah. No, but then I'm like, 
No, this is super, this is super cool. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. Sertara is when they partner with folks, they really do want operators. Right. Uh, and then they just, they're just available yeah. uh, to help us with things that maybe we haven't done before, introductions to folks that we haven't uh, had the privilege of meeting yet uh, or tying into new layers of complex organizations that, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't do it on our own, but yeah, we, we've got that privilege. Uh, it, it, the board thing is actually pretty exciting for us. Uh, mm. We like that governance structure and it just feels, feels like the organization is grown up and we've got big things to get done. And so it's that logical next step. And uh, maybe, maybe it's more than one step. Maybe it's three or four or five steps right. Right. Uh, simultaneously because we're moving pretty quick. No, that's great. Well, congratulations on that that deal with Sertaris. I know it, it's we're looking for bigger and better things, which you are already going to accomplish. But it sounds like you can, as you said, put the rockets on that and actually achieve a lot more in a shorter period of time. Now, let, let's turn back to your recent conference, in which you, I, I mentioned earlier you held virtually. Uh, what do you think were the most significant things that came out of that conference? Uh, I know you unveiled a whole bunch of new products. You mentioned one is the Marketing Resource Center. Um, there was a new digital magazine. There were enhancements to your internet agent power booking system, new, new events. Uh, what, what else did you get? I mean, uh, out of the, what, some 700 technology and capability initiatives you, you launched in 21, which was actually astounding considering it was a, a COVID year. But, uh, uh, you know, what, what else, what, what were the big things from your point of view that came out of that conference? Yeah. So, I mean, it probably doesn't need to be said, but just being back together, even if it was virtual, was healthy for us to do. And, you know, we had the privilege of sailing with celebrity about a month and a half before that. And then that was just, that was amazing to see everybody in purpose, uh, in person, but that was more of like a recharge trip, right? Right. It had been an exhausting run for 18 months prior to that. And so it was, it was great to get on a ship so that we could recharge, but this one was to, to focus around the recovery, like the recovery is here. And so it was very important for us to start announcing, um, new enhancements that we were making to agent power, uh, which is the software that our independent agencies use. And so that was a really valuable um, number of updates. And it's, it's never, um, you know, we always think that it's like the big flashy headline items that are going to radically change somebody's um, day. But the truth of the matter is it often has time to do with button locations, colors, fonts, uh, additional data we can stitch in that will help a salesperson um, recognize or identify new sales opportunities that an algorithm has crunched for them that they couldn't have known without the help of that technology. So when we start lacing all of those um, small feature sets in, you know, those are things that they're never going to make an article, but for end users, they're incredibly powerful. Um, we have also are really excited about the new content strategy uh, that we've been working on. And as part of the content strategy that we've, that we've recognized throughout COVID um, is that it's probably the best way to do marketing. Um, it was probably the best way to do marketing before and it's even better and more critical now. Right. Everybody wants to know the ins and outs of what is actually happening on product. Right. And, and without having people who have experienced it firsthand and can share those experiences, it's really difficult to make some of these decisions. People are, are they, they were always spending a lot of money, 
now they're in like this rebound travel mode where they are prioritizing and spending more than they ever have before. And they want to make sure that they do it right. So content is a really critical piece of the way that we're not just sharing this information with, with travelers, but also empowering independent agencies in our network to right. be able to, to do that as well. And then um, maybe, maybe the last piece that we've been working on for, for quite some time, and we had to pause it because of that pandemic thing, um, is what we call Avoya Access. Right. And it's getting suppliers more integrated into the software platform and allow them to do more in, in what they're doing within Avoya to be able to reach travelers and to reach independent agencies. And uh, both from a marketing and sales perspective, it just, it's something that we're, that we're very excited about. No, that's great. I, and, and I know that was a lot of stuff that you were focused on. And now you can do that for 2022. Now, uh, just looking at the events you're going to have for 22 is, are you going to continue doing a lot of virtual events or are you going to start opening it up? You said you did uh, the cruise on, on the celebrity ship. I know you have an in-person cruise for your main conference uh, later this year on Celebrity Beyond, I think, which is the new ship uh, that they'll have. Uh, but do you think you're going to see a lot, uh, getting back a little bit more to in-person events? Yeah, listen, both of them have their have great places in the future. We're going to do both. I don't see us moving away from either one because they're, I, I believe that they're very complementary of each other. Not everybody can spend a week to fly somewhere to, to build a relational experience with, uh, with you know, hundreds of other people. And so we can supplement those relational uh, experiences that are in person with all of these uh, very high education, um, you know, experiences that you can just plow through a bunch of content very quickly mm -hmm. in a virtual environment and you can do it from the comfort of home. Right. No, that it certainly is useful. We, we're all, we're, obviously we're still doing Zoom interviews, uh, yeah. you know, like this and we'll continue. Although I am now out on the road doing lots of ones and I was, uh, one that's dear to your heart, I was down at uh, Disney World for its 50th anniversary and did about 20 interviews with all the different cast members uh, down there. And it seemed to go on forever. Probably, probably did for some of our viewers. I don't know, but uh, it was, it was great to be down there on property and see it all. And now we're doing things on ships and all over the place. Now uh, from, from let's, let's go to that actually, because you did mention it earlier um, from your perspective, you think the cruise industry really is successfully emerging from this two years of pandemic, and now we have this Omicron thing from your, but for your view, things are looking good, right? Yeah, listen, COVID is here to stay. And so we're gonna have to learn to live with this in all of society. Right. The data coming out of cruising um, is the best data in the world right. as it relates to how COVID can spread, what can be done when it's handled properly, and of course, we're going to be, as an industry, more cautious than not uh, in order to protect uh, people. And so I think that in this microcosm, you end up getting a pretty fascinating view as to what really can happen, um, mm -hmm. as opposed to the, the data that so many of us depend upon that's being published by certain, certain sources but it's just not as clean as the data that we see off of, off of cruise ships Absolutely. because of the frequency of testing and the reporting of that data 
you know, when, when somebody takes an at-home test and they test positive, it doesn't necessarily make it. If it's an at-home test, it doesn't make it to the county. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I think having been on uh, one cruise myself, had my family go on another cruise, uh, it's incredibly safe. Nobody felt uh, like it was unsafe. And quite to the contrary, it was really kind of liberating yeah. to be back in vacation mode again. So I think that the, that the cruise industry, um, you know, I don't know why it gets a little bit of an unfair shake um, from a safety perspective. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of see it as a, as a light on the hill. I know that the media sometimes takes a different perspective on it, but I really think that what they've done there is world leading uh, expertise in keeping people safe. And I, it makes me very proud to be in this industry. That's great. No, absolutely. We think cruising is coming back and we are the media, but we're not the consumer media. And so we have a little bit of different take on that. Uh, and as I told you before, I was on 14 ships last year and I was perfectly fine. So um, now finally- no, I get it. You're like, you understand this because you live it and you're not yeah. trying to sell fear. No, not uh, And so, um, no, I, I, we love what you guys are doing. Well, we try, we feel it's our responsibility to be out in the market and showing people that you can cruise, showing travel advisors that you can cruise. And it's and it's so travel. good. Yeah. It's Absolutely. so good. Absolutely. Now, from all your sales numbers, as you look forward, where do you see, tra- I mean, obviously cruise, it's going to come back. Um, I assume land, you're, you've gotten heavier and heavier into land, all-inclusive resorts, luxury land stays, tours. Uh, where are the opportunities going forward in travel? So... You know, there's the like what's happening over the course of the next few months. And then there's also what's going to extend into 2023. So expedition cruising is is very, very exciting. Everybody's excited about it. It's bringing people to bucket list destinations that they've read about in um, Nat Geo uh, for for generations. Right. So that's very, very exciting. I would also say um, that that for us as excited as we are about cruise and all the various destinations that they've got, uh, we're really pumped about Europe returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always been, it, it's the, the highest revenue spend that we see out of customers, out of the major destinations. And so we know that customers are anxious to get back there. River cruising was, was doing pretty good sure. um, at the end of last year. And of course it's paused right now because it's cold and that's seasonal, that's normal. And so you know, we're going to get Europe back. Uh, we've got these expedition ships. And then on our side, we're really excited about product expansion. We know that for us as being heavy cruise focused, we know that travelers take more than just cruises. Right. And so we are exploring uh, all-inclusives, resorts, in a number of destinations. And we've been able to partner um, with some that we're really, we're really excited about what that brings to you know, the total product portfolio that we're able to, to offer travelers. No, it's great. And you can offer a much wider variety and get people going. And I know that's been your focus for several years and uh, like it or not, uh, COVID probably speeded up that transition a little bit. So you could focus on land a bit more than you did while there right. was no cruising. And now we, and now we have cruises back in the mix. So it's, it's, a, you know, the, everything's looking pretty rosy right now. Now let's talk a little bit about the future for Avoya. Uh, you have the investment from Sertari's, 
Uh, where do you expect to be a year from now? Where do you expect to be from your, your 2025 uh, plan originally, uh, unless you've changed it to 27 and not told me, uh, you know, that and, uh, where, where are you going to be? And, and where do you expect to be five years from now? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great question. And I think what it comes back to is, do we believe that there's going to be fundamental changes with the way that people make uh, do their travel planning, mm. how they make their bookings, and what vacations that they're going to take. And so when we throw all of those things together and we start to say, well, what does a business pursue? I think what we're going to find, and we've been, we've always been believers in this, and I think it is actually going to be truer than ever. Right. Is that the role of travel advisors, travel professionals, travel agents, I don't care what you call them, but people who help you with your vacation um, has never been more valuable. Right. Again, people are anxious to go places. They're very excited about it. Nobody wants to have a bad vacation beforehand, but now that they've been, pen, you know, kind of shut down and locked up, uh, they're, they're more intent on doing that. So we know that the role of the travel advisor is going to be more significant than ever before. We also know that travel advisors uh, create value as an intermediary because now they've got travelers have an advocate. That has always been true. It's never been proven more though than in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Lots of suppliers were very traveler friendly. Some made life a little bit more difficult for travelers um, than they probably should have. So having that intermediary, intermediary and advocate to help the traveler just makes a huge amount of sense. So we know that relationally things are going to get better and they're going to skew in favor of human-based relationships. That's my that's my machine reminding me what I'm supposed to be doing next. Okay, well, you're, machines, we're winding it up here. So. I know. And here's the thing. Machines don't know truly who we are. Now, you can write a lot of algorithms and we can map out a lot of contacts and we can start to study patterns. But the reality of it is that booking engines don't, don't necessarily care about who Jeff Anderson is. Right. Um, which is sad. We can have an awe moment. Um, the, the reality of it is that that technology will still exist and it serves a purpose, but it'll never do what a human can actually do. And that's where, that's where things start to get really excited about how do you fuse technology, right? And there are brilliant algorithms that we've written and there are even better ones that are coming out and match that up still with that human experience that we know is desirable and favorable mm -hmm in terms of helping customers get the right product and the right vacation um, that they are longing for. So expect lots of new tech, expect new product types that we haven't um, historically been offering. And, uh, and I think that expect for the network um, of independent agencies to grow really substantially. We, we have got some, we have a lot of cool things uh, that are in the works and we have the means to accomplish them no, because no. between people um, and connections and money, we've got, we've got kind of that perfect triune of things that every business is looking for to take it to uh, the next level and beyond. Absolutely. And I think that's absolutely the case now. Uh, just to give you a little advertisement here, uh, can you tell our advisors looking in where they can go to find out more information about Avoya 
and even possibly join the Avoy Network. Yeah. So last year, believe it or not, we had more more independent agencies um, move to Avoya. These were former travel agents, or maybe they worked in uh, in the travel industry in another segment. More move over to us than than we have in like 15 years since we invented uh, the model in the first place. And so been, it's been very substantial. So if you go to www.avoyanetwork.com, A-V-O-Y-A network.com, that's the best place to learn more about the independent um, agency opportunities that Avoya has to offer. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for taking all this time to talk to us about Avoya today. Sorry we missed you back in December, but glad you're you're healthy and safe and uh, looking forward to this year. And hopefully soon we'll get together in person somewhere in the world. We used to go on trips. We used to go cruising, Jeff. We used to go cruising a few times. It's going to happen again. I know. It's going to happen we'll again. See what happens there. But again, thank you so much. And uh, look forward look forward to all great things for Avoya for this year and in the years to come. Thank, thank you, James, for having me today. Thanks, everybody, for, uh, for tuning in. Uh, James, you're amazing. And so I uh, just wish everybody the very, very best. There's a, there's a lot of excitement to look forward to this year. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.